0: you know we're bar down breakdown and we're back on the air uh, sadly i don't know why i don't know why i don't know why we get to keep doing this but we do but uh we uh it, you know we don't often get the opportunity to talk to an entire band but here they are on a couch and uh we're here with 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 our homies in in gold steps and this is cool um super awesome to talk to you guys you guys are chilling in milwaukee right now milwaukee We've got uh, Liz, Zach, Ryan, and Mike. Um, I don't know who's who. No idea. So maybe introduce yourselves. I'm
1: Ryan.
0: I figured. <laughs> that's, that's definitely what I thought, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. But uh, yeah, actually, it kind of would be cool uh, just so we can get some perspective on voices uh, just because not everyone will check out the YouTube. But uh, if you just want to introduce yourself and what you do in the band uh, so we get a little bit of uh, an idea of what your voices sound like so that people in podcast land will be like oh i know who i'm talking to oh yeah
2: so
3: i'm zach i play guitar
1: i'm liz i sing
3: i'm ryan i play the bass my name is mikey and i play the drums
0: sick and then uh who do we have here in the coat that's,
1: uh, that's katie <laughs> She's a and, dog.
0: and katie the dog which is great i think we oh, should okay. do more more shows with dogs maybe we should just transition to only doing dogs Oh that's, I mean, that's a weird statement maybe it is maybe it is but awesome so let's just kind of dive right in so um so i you know i'm not really super keen on the milwaukee like pop punk scene so maybe you guys could give me a little insight on it um like how is it is it deep uh what's it all about uh
1: so the scene appears <laughs> is, is kind of kind of diverse so okay
2: cool like, it's very we,
0: punk
1: yeah it's very punk there's a awesome. lot of like more hardcore like heavy i mean you know living in a place where it's like wintry for six months out of the year will do that to you sure. um so there aren't a lot of like real pop punk bands um we're finding that there's a lot more like like pop rock and like indie rock and stuff like that so like in some sense of the way we kind of also consider ourselves like a wannabe chicago band in a way like we love mm. Milwaukee. We love the scene here. We love our venues, but a lot of the pop punk bands are kind of more geared down towards Chicago land. Okay. Um, so we find ourselves connecting with bands down there. Um, which is great because we're a hop, skip and a jump away. Um, right. but up here I would say that probably the biggest like pop punk band up here is going to Honey, be Honey Creek. Honey
2: Creek. Yeah. And
1: then there's, um, of course, direct hit. Um, but they kind of lean more towards, um, punk and they're on fat records.
0: Oh yeah. I love direct hit. I didn't realize they're from Milwaukee. That's dope. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude.
1: Um, their, their uh, guy, Nick Woods, guitarist Nick Woods, um, he owns an all-ages venue called X-Ray Arcade up here. That's like a, like a super chill venue. They serve like super sick pizza bagels, really nice. great things.
2: They make mixed drinks with like Baja Blast. Like ah, cool. I love that. That's so sick. And that
1: monster makes hard Baja Blast. Okay. So I mean, we have to try that, but but no, like they're really Love cool. It. Um, it's a really great space. Um, we played a show there, and we're playing another one in a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, so but I guess as far as the scene goes, it's just really diverse. It's definitely a little bit of a far cry from Austin, where we started, where there was like literally a dozen and a half like pop punk bands there.
2: Yeah, that was was saturated. Mm-hmm.
1: This one not it's so, so much. So. Yeah.
4: Did you guys relocate to Milwaukee from Texas?
2: Yep.
5: And I did. Uh, Liz and I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to tell the story because they always tell it, but these two are married. Liz and Zach are married Mm -hmm. and they can correct every mistake I make, but
4: (laughs) cheers to marriage.
5: Zach is from Texas and Liz and Zach met in Austin uh, through a similar affinity of music and and they ended up starting playing in a band together and realized that they like more than just playing music in a band together. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so they got married three years ago, four years ago now. It'll be five in
1: September. But All right, five But so years. much for being there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Um, yeah. And um, well, I, you guys should tell the rest of the story. I don't know why I started talking about that.
1: Long story short, we met. We fucked i sorry. Can I say that? We met, we yes, started sure. We loved each other, got married. Um we had started Gold Steps and then
2: I'm so She's sad. actually from Milwaukee. I'm from here. Oh, okay. That got left out. And, and that's why we moved. That's why here. we
1: moved back here cuz I missed home and I wanted to be near my family and my favorite city in the world. And then we met these guys to start the band back up in 2020. And the rest is in front of you. <laughs>
4: Okay, that that makes more sense. I I like to to piece it all together because, I, you know, before we started recording, you mentioned Texas a few times. I'm like, I wonder if that's where they're from. So now it makes sense.
1: (laughs) I'm not a (laughs) Texan.
4: Gotcha. Cool. So that's a very interesting dynamic, having husband and wife in the same band. I'm sure that's, like, probably tops, like, siblings being in bands. Like, I, I know that there's always that kind of sibling rivalry, but, like, husband and wife in a band, like, grinding it out in a in a van, touring, I'm sure, can get a little dicey, so...
2: oh, it actually doesn't. Like, we actually get along really well. We actually love being together all the time. If we could work together, we probably would, but we do need that little bit of space.
3: Yeah. But
2: touring the U.S., like, the past, you know, three, four, five years... Has been amazing because we get to do everything together we got to uh actually camp in yosemite in california um on in the today. in the bus on mm-hmm. tour uh we got to see a lot of cool landmarks together like it's been amazing
1: yeah he's my ride or die we do everything together mm-hmm. that we possibly can so um it also really helps because we get each other like we're both on the same page as far as when it comes to like making big decisions about the band so like you know back when we were like touring and stuff like that like we could trust each other to, like handle the big stuff and so it just makes uh, things a lot easier when there's at least two people who are like on the same wavelength from there so yeah but, yeah it's, it's actually really great we don't really like fight all I mean if, even if we were fighting it would never affect the band because you know we try to be professional despite Ooh. our demeanor here today
3: I think me and Ryan fight more and it's always, hey, you were off the metronome. No, I was off the metronome. Yeah, that.
5: Or or Ryan yelling
3: at his MacBook because it doesn't work.
5: I've somehow assumed the role of tech. <laughs> and it's it's not my forte, it's not my cup of tea, but
0: we struggle. every every band does that. Every band has like your proxy like tech guy who like can like sort of figure out why your amp isn't working or like can sort of figure out like, Oh no, like the chain fell off of my bass drum. Like what do I, or not bass drum, big bass drum pedal. Like what do I do? Or like, you know, like my, my idea of fixing stuff like back in the day was like, Oh, I just got some duct tape or like some like chewing gum or whatever. But like every band has that guy that's like, no, let's try to do it the right way. So I'm sorry to hear that. That's that's your designation, because that's it's- all, Ryan.
5: Yeah. Well, I I mean, you guys can all blame me if the sound sucks coming from us, because <laughs> I set this up. To yeah, you he set of- up the <laughs> microphone. Hey,
0: listen, yeah. it sounds great. Yeah, it sounds really good. But whatever you guys are doing is great. Um, yeah, you know, it, it it definitely definitely sounds good. So, um, I for some reason I had a technical issue and my whole shit died and came back. So I don't know all what I missed, but I'm sure it was riveting because mikey's good at this but uh i'm just gonna kind of start throwing some cool questions at you so yeah. uh for me uh one of the things that i think is like the coolest thing is to kind of hear where where everyone comes from in terms of like their lineage of music you know because a lot of people end up getting into punk rock or alternative music but sometimes your beginnings don't really come from there like for me for instance you know when i was like five or six years old, like my mom had like a five CD changer and like, it was like sting and like Billy Joel and like all this stuff that like got me into music. And then of course I think I was like maybe eight or nine years old and my mom bought me um, Metallica's reload uh, the edited version on cassette. And then I think I turned like 10 or 11 and I finally started, you know, realizing that I liked bands like, you know, blink and green day and the offspring so it always kind of starts from somewhere. So um, uh, whoever kind of wants to take point on this, you're more than welcome. But I'd just love to kind of hear what got you started in like your love for music that drew you to deciding that you want to start a band and make your own.
2: Um, so for me, I, I kind of my dad pushed me into playing bass and instrument, actually. Um, and in middle school, I actually played the stand up bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, in orchestra and i For played sure. that all through my junior year nice um, and then he got me a bass guitar i started playing blink songs sure uh, and then from there we actually br- well my friends and i actually branched into like from first to last emo screamo like
0: yeah
2: uh, we hit that really hard and then one day my friend was like hey check this band out and it was four years strong um rise or die trying album mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I fell instantly in love. And sure. uh, I wanted to be in bands like that. Um, I actually got kicked out of almost every single band I was in. Oh no. So finally, bad news, bud. I finally <laughs> wanted a band yeah. where I, I had started it. Um, and that's kind of how gold steps came up, came to be um, the band we were in before that. Um, I asked Liz to be our singer and the drummer was, being really controlling and i was like fuck this let's go let's make our own band and that's how both hips
1: formed awesome yeah he didn't like it when we touched our pee's together yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I i find that touching pee's can be riveting but it could also be um it could also be troublesome sometimes
1: yeah you know? i mean you know like everybody throws out like the no doubt situation and it's yeah. like, they ska, so.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Uh, speaking of no doubt, I, I don't know uh, how I came upon this. I think like someone was like playing it at work next to me, but um, I think it was like 94 and 95. Like Brad from Sublime just like calls like a young Gwen Stefani out on stage. And I forget what song they ended up playing. I but saw it's just,
3: Red. It's I Saw Red by Gwen and Brad. I love that performance. Yeah.
0: So it's just like, it's so unbelievable to think that like, you know, where Gwen Stefani is now and where she started. Um, but no doubt, interestingly enough, was one of those, one of the first records, I shouldn't say records for CDs, it was CDs. Go then <clears throat> It was one of the first CDs I got. Um, I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it really quick. Um, do you guys remember back in the day, uh, the Columbia house catalog? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Right. So the whole idea with the Columbia house catalog was, um, you know, back like pre nine 11 where like nobody gave a shit about anything. Um, essentially you just put like a little postcard, uh, in the mail and you picked seven CDs and you got those seven CDs for a penny, as long as you committed to buying two CDs at club price, which was like not 30 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, this was a time where like you can get away with anything. So here I am my little like 10 year old self. I just got like a five CD changer. Um, you know, like one of those boom box things. And I'm like, man, uh, I want to get some CDs. Uh, so what did I do? I got five magazines, five postcards, all different <laughs> names. I use like, Tom Vicario, like TL Vicario, like Lawrence Thomas Vicario. And I got like 35 CDs in the mail. And I was smart enough to know when my mom got home from work and when our mailman came so I could grab the CDs without her realizing it. And of course, I wasn't smart enough to realize that she was eventually going to get a bill for like $300. <laughs> and, and she did. And then uh, when that happened, I came home from school and my CD changer was gone. Uh-oh. And I was like, shit. The, the jig is up and uh yeah. so i had to do like six months of chores to like pay off the 300 that you had to pay but i did those chores and she did end up giving me the boom box and all of the cds back but part of that cd collection was definitely no doubt it was definitely razor blade suitcase by bush and, uh, <laughs> it was uh the savage garden cd which to oh, this yeah. day i don't yeah. care what you say it's so good, Dude, um, so good. Dude, they're, they're, they're savage um Odelay by Beck. I mean, like, I, I went for it. I really went for it. Uh, but, like, it's funny to kind of, like, talk about that and think about that because, like, it makes me seem like even when I was 10 years old, I was such, like, a weird music elitist. But in reality, um, I just wanted to, like, consume as much as I could. Like, I just want to listen to all this shit. So mm-hmm. I loved it. So I don't know if you guys ever, like, s- like essentially, like, s- kind of stole money from your moms. but. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: I mean, my uncle, um, my late uncle, owned like a CD Max. All right, yeah. I used to go in there and like, I remember one of my best finds was that first Fiddlefield record.
0: Oh, love it so much! And,
1: like, I played that fucking CD like over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like, I love the way she said "L.A." Oh, love it! Yeah. We've had
0: we've had uh, we've had Mark on the show. He's a awesome I had, dude. Uh,
1: yeah, I super tight. Uh, he's a little sweetheart. He's
0: Great good. dude.
1: We played with him in Austin one time. Remember, he was at the SmartPunks uh, oh, yeah. unofficial yeah. South by Southwest showcase. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, actually, uh, on that topic, just because, again, uh, a kind of a cool piece of, of trivia to think about. So do you guys remember um, the first like piece of media you bought? Like whether it was a cassette CD, like what was the first one see. that you ever bought? Yeah, go for it. Tell me, please.
1: The first CD that I walked into my uncle's CD store and bought with my own money was the Titanic soundtrack. Oh great. Wow. Love
0: that. Love that.
1: And the second soundtrack because they had two soundtracks. There was Titanic and Back to Titanic. Back and to I Titan- think they're still in a box upstairs. That is late.
4: What other song other than like the Celine Dion song is on there. And yeah. like,
1: you know, like it was it was like the first PG thirteen movie I ever saw. I got to see, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio, shirtless and sweaty, like yeah. it really awakened my my womanhood at oh, age. sure, yeah. Whenever it came out, but that was the first CD that I chose on my own. Oh, I thought you meant the, I
2: thought you meant Rose's Titties did. Yeah, <laughs> first <laughs> boobs on screen for me.
1: They absolutely. are. Absolutely, they they always hold up when you go back <laughs> and rewatch on every rewatch, they hold up.
5: Literally. So <laughs> my all right, my first one that I okay, I have two. Because real quick, I know we didn't go through everybody, but I asked my mom to pick up a cassette for me. So this is going way back. All right. So this is a not that <laughs> um, I don't care. You can make as much money as you want, but I wanted the Ace of Base cassette yes,
3: when I they came it. <laughs> woo,
5: woo. So, But I, I didn't that. buy that one that was the first cassette I remember asking for mm-hmm. the first ever bought was uh four minute mile by the get up kids
0: ah there we go beautiful I love is- that yeah. one of my one of my favorite favorite records um I mean like but I'm a, I'm a weird one like I uh you know for me like my favorite get up kids record always changes like for the longest time it was something to write home about and then like I guess I got older and jaded and realized I loved Donna wire and then I realized I love guilt show. And then I went back to on a wire and like, it's just, I I'm like, I'm, I always get guff from everybody who like is a purist, like, you know, people that are like, Oh, the only, you know, good Bayside record is, you know, sirens and condolences. And I'm just like, dude, have you like vacancy rips? And like, yeah. you know, people telling me like, Oh, the only good four year record is rise or die trying. And I'm like, dude, have you heard brain pain? Like f- fuck out of here. You oh, know? So it's like,
1: I to do with myself after listening to that record. I was like, I almost feel like I've been whipped around so many times I do need to puke. Oh because yeah. Fucking like mind blowing. It was really good. <laughs> I didn't know what to make of it.
0: And and like and they're they're just such talented musicians and they're just great at what they do. Um Mikey, I gotta ask you. I and you've probably told me this before, but maybe I forgot. But do you remember like the first CD you ever bought?
4: Well, you didn't ask Mikey yet.
0: I was like, Which Mikey?
4: Yeah. So- ask Mikey and then you can come back to me.
0: All right, I'll ask the 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 gold steps, Mikey. All right.
3: My <laughs> first CD I bought and picked up was MC Hammer Hammer Time.
0: Wow.
3: <laughs> That's, straight up. Straight up. That's I sad. love that.
0: I, did, was MC Hammer like, was he, because uh, I, I mean, like, it's the 90s. So, like, I don't remember, like, was Hammer Time, like, did he use, like, a lot of, like, explicit lyrics or anything? Like, did you have to go and get an edited version because you were, like, nine, or, like, how did that work? So I got,
3: like, the, yeah, the parental advisory record where it was edited and stuff. Right. Uh, I That's was a child, man, and my, my mom, they bought it for me, so.
0: That's usually how it goes. Every, I think every CD I, like, my parents bought me until I was, like, maybe 12 or 13 was all the edited versions. I remember my mom bought me a copy for of Christmas, uh, because I asked her for it, uh, for Limp Bizkit's Significant Other. Yes. And, of course, she got me the edited version. So, like, half of the songs are just blank. All, <laughs> all Fred Durst would just be, be like, yeah, titties, yeah. You know, so, like, that was that was a bummer. But uh, so I guess uh, we'll, we'll do Shirtless Mikey, my Mikey. Uh-huh.
4: Yep. So my, my first CD was Chumba Wumba.
0: Ah, yeah. With, yeah. with tub
4: thumping on it. Great Dude. song but terrible album like oh yeah terrible 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 album and it's like
1: for one song because you didn't know what else was there yeah hot garbage it was it was real
4: hot garbage
0: it's like um it's like if anyone ever listened to like you listen to song two by blur right and like you think like Mm -hmm. oh man blur is gonna be just like this it's just gonna be a whole album of song two and then it's like weird kind of brit pop indie weird shit for the rest of the record not that that's a bad thing but same thing with uh like harvey danger you know like um that like fantastic song um that of course i can't think of the name of on where all the merrymakers gone uh flagpole sitter right like great song it like just an incredible anthemic song and then you listen to the rest of the record and you're like oh okay this is way different but you know 90s alternative music kind of kind of hit you there so um On that note, so let's kind of get into, um, you know, like the genesis of of Goldstep. So I know you kind of like talked to us a little bit about how the band kind of formed and came together. But what I'm really interested in hearing is um, as far as like your process in terms of writing and conceptualizing music, like how did it start? Like, was there like one person that was kind of like the brainchild that sort of developed all the music and then it started to kind of, you know, burst from there? Um, or was it always like a collaborative effort with you guys? So like, what's your process like there uh, from when you started to kind of where you are now? That's a good Um,
3: question. That's a really good question. Yeah.
2: So, so um, in the beginning I wrote all the guitars um, and then from there, Liz would put melodies and lyrics to it. Um, Now our process involves, um, we do bring in some co-writers. Okay.
1: Well, Nick, and, Nick Thompson is our co-writer and collaborator, yeah. um, from hit the lights. Like we started working with him. For sure. Um, we were working with a producer out of Paducah, Kentucky, right. and he brought Nick in. Um, we were supposed to work with Kevin from hit the lights, but he had um, something come up at the last second. Mm-hmm. So he brought Nick in and said, um, and him and I just hit it off. Um, so the last, um, this new EP that we'll be releasing eventually soon. Um, we've co-written every single song on it with Nick. He, we did writing awesome. sessions. And half of the songs were done in 2019 in a writing session, in two writing sessions with Zach and I, our mm-hmm. producer at the time, Rick, and then Nick. And so Zach and Rick would be in one room working out guitar parts while Nick and I kind of hashed on melodies and like there was like a loose structure. Okay. And then we'd bring the things together. It was kind of weird that we were like writing things on the spot, which was something we'd never done before. Previously, mm-hmm. so we'd bring riffs. I would sit yeah. in a room with him and we would hash it out together and then we just recorded it. And this was our first time working with a co-writer. Awesome. And when we recombobulated up here in Milwaukee,
4: mm-hmm.
1: we did had, the
2: same thing, except we actually had Ryan and, uh, and
1: Mikey, here. Mikey involved. Yeah. Nick flew up. Um, we recorded everything like in the room, like literally like our dining table room tables right there. Oh, and wow. we tracked everything right there. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And then, did some retakes when we needed to, to fix some things up yeah. and sent it off to our, uh, we returned to our former producer down in Austin, Kieran Christ. Cool. Overcast Recordings. So nice. now they, the newest stuff we've been writing though, has been kind of flipping that. So before it would start with guitars and then build the song around that. Now we start with like a vocal melody and write like, our, an idea. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of songs where we just kind of jammed it out and they came together. But now it's. Awesome. With focusing around like a vocal hook, and that was something that cool. we learned
0: working Good. with Nick, who is a fantastic songwriter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I've I've been a Hit the Lights fan for for quite some time, and they, they're definitely really prolific in terms of of songwriting. Um, but just to kind of piggyback off of um, what you were talking about about kind of going in with vocal melodies. So, like, would you specifically go in with like a vocal melody without content in mind, and then? like derive your content from the, from the melody itself? Or would you like, Oh, like have like a song written, you know, like verse, chorus and all that kind of stuff. And then like, sort of like build your melody around what you've written.
1: A lot of it, like, will kind of come. Like I, I read a lot of stuff while I'm driving, like I'll get ideas while I'm driving. Cause that is, I think like when my head is like the clearest, and I'm sure. just kind of, like, focusing on the road and other things aren't like intruding,
3: mm-hmm. yep. I'll have
1: like, this melody and words will just kind of come. And then I'll kind of focus on a theme from there and build it around. Um, occasionally, like when I've been trying to write, which is where you sit down at your piano and you plunk some shit out and it can be really, yeah, painful, yeah. but occasionally, like when I'm in a mood and I feel that need to write, I have to like run to like our little piano or whatever sure. and start writing stuff down because that's when it comes out and it, it comes mm-hmm. out to me in the best way. So I usually write like blocks at a time. It's rare that I sit down and hash out an entire song, mm-hmm. but a lot of times I'll have like this repetitive melody. That's maybe it's a verse or a pre-chorus, um, and then I'll kind of fit things around it. Okay. Um, but yeah, one time I wrote a song, and it was almost like the entire. It the was entire the entire song. song. Yeah, it was from. Rogue. And that song, um, it's not released yet, but that was like the first time I felt like I sent a song off to Nick, and he was like yeah there you go that's a song <laughs> <Sick>. <laughs> yeah and then we only changed the bridge really yeah For yeah.
5: What it's, the, the changes to that song from when we initially started it with liz's voice mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's not really that different to what it, it that's is awesome on, on the recording. It's and
0: amazing. and that and that's like a testament to like your band growing as songwriters right because yeah. like you know when you can take a piece of art to like a really good producer or a really good co-writer and they just kinda look at it and they're like, Yeah, I don't uh I don't know, let's like maybe change this word here and maybe change this chord here, but you know, you guys have got a song. I mean, that's like gotta be just a tremendously validating thing. So I- I'd love to hear that. That that's great. Yeah. Um, I mean
1: really work hard to get
0: Nick's yeah. value, And That's really my goal. I, I mean <laughs> I that would be my goal in life, trust me. If I if I was like working with one of my you know favorite artists. All I would do is just like bring a little like stanza of something and be like, "Is is this good? Do you think Do you think this is good?" And just wait, wait for me to get eviscerated, you know? Like that's just kind of. No, no, Nick, Nick is
1: really chill. And at the end of the day, yeah. he's always like, he's like, "Well, what if we tried it like this?" But at the end of the day, it's your song. If you don't like it, I'll go fuck myself. And I'm like, you should go fuck yourself, Nick. No, but he's <laughs> like, he's just a really chill yeah. dude. I mean, no, that, that's that's really
0: awesome. awesome,
1: and it allows. Um, be like i can be as like cringy as i want because i know he'll be mm-hmm. like yeah you can do better than that but he's not gonna be like oh my god are you stupid like he yeah never say that. like for
0: sure you know. And and, not- and and that's great and working with someone that you know like i said uh, you know understands the plight of helping a, you know a, a, a band kind of re-envision their music is you know better than you know kind of like going to these old you know producers in the 70s and the 80s that would essentially like completely rewrite your music, you know? So uh, it's good to know that that's kind of not on the docket anymore, but um, I do have like another kind of specific question and I don't ever think I've had the um, really the capability to ask this because I've uh, at least on the show, I don't think we've ever spoken to um, uh, a, a band that has, uh, you know, like a female vocalist. Um, and one of the questions I always kind of have with that um, is, you so as far as like writing uh, content is concerned, so lyrics specifically, um, if there are ever times where it's like a collaborative effort, um, you know you have th- three men and and one woman, right? So it's like, how does that go in terms of content? because you know, like love songs and like you know, a lot of songs that kind of fit into the the pop punk ethos, right? you know, like lovelorn stuff and and you know like kind of clawing your way to the top kind of stuff. like some of that, sort of like pop punk, um, like tenure, quote unquote, let's call it. um, mm-hmm. it, it definitely varies when it comes from the perspective of, you know, a, a female or, you know, someone that identifies differently than a male. Um, So, but have you ever kind of crossed paths where like you've written something and one of the guys has been like, oh yeah, this is great. But like, could we do something like this? And it's just like, okay, well, like we could, but like all of a sudden now, it's not really my perspective. It's the perspective of, of a man, you know, like, does that something that has ever happened to you guys? So I've done
2: that. I think I've said
1: that occasionally, like, I mean, when it comes to the lyrics, like I write all of like the words, like the lyrics sure. and stuff, that's all like my content. That's all stuff that comes from me or like, okay. me and me collaborating.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we've talked about it before and how, like, I mean, I guess in terms of like, we don't try to use the words like girl or boy or he or she all that much. Like a lot of it's like you or I Mm -hmm. I I try to leave it open-ended because that way anybody can relate to it. I have toyed with the idea of wanting to do a song from like, you know, the female perspective of being in a male dominated industry, but I've always kind of found myself in male dominated spaces and never really felt like I couldn't hold my own, I guess, in that sense. Like I thought about it in the sense of like feeling like, we get judged and compared a lot to other female artists where I don't think there's always that kind of same similarity, Mm -hmm. like comparison getting each other that men go through. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like at being a woman, like we also tend to be more critical of ourselves before anybody else ever would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So sometimes I think that can kind of be a self-imposed box that, that I personally put myself in and then everybody's like, I have no clue what you're fucking yeah. talking about. Like, where did that come from? And it's like, oh, that's just me projecting my insecurities on like other yeah.
2: people. Sure.
1: But as far as like lyrical content, like I think we just try to keep it as open as possible because I mean if I sing a song about a girl that still holds up and is valid and I, mm-hmm. I identify with that I'm a, a girl who who, you know, has, you know, female partners could identify with it. But I think we just yeah. try to do everything like you and I. I, I have noticed that though, when going back and critiquing my own lyrics of being like, I never do things from the third party perspective. And maybe mm-hmm. that's something I should consider, but yeah.
0: like,
1: we haven't really run into too many of those things. Like, you know, I don't write about things that are only specific that only a woman would understand going
0: through. <clears throat> awesome. So this- yeah. Uh, I mean, excellent insight. Excellent answer. Uh, that's like the stuff that like, podcasts are fucking made for I love it thank you
5: (laughs) if I could just tie on to Liz is probably absolutely she's like the most loquacious one out of all of us and has like the most expanded vocabulary out of any of us so whatever she throws at us we're we're just gonna be like yeah yeah." (laughs) so
4: that's how this podcast works
0: I'll tell you yeah I'll I'll tell you a fun vocabulary story so I'm the I'm the vocabularian I'm the one that like Always tries to figure out some cool That's words definitely to not say. A word, no, it's not. It's not a word at all. But um, I, I think it was like an episode or two ago. I, I don't. I said some word, and like you like had never heard that word, and like you tried to repronounce it, and you were just like, bah, 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 like what did you say? And uh, so we definitely had it a, wasn't
4: a word the last yeah. time either.
0: No, it was a word. Sometimes I sometimes I get them right. Sometimes I get them right. But um, but I you know I love being able to kind of expand in terms of like, you know, vocabulary. I think it's a great thing. You know, um I, I grew up listening to like bands that made no, like no sense. Like I, if any of you have ever listened to like an at the drive-in or Mars Volta record, like none of that shit makes sense. It makes no sense. But you know, like there's, there's that, the, that gap to bridge between like a band like that that writes completely cryptically and like uses words that like no one would ever use versus like something that's like, kind of pedantic and like and very like simple and as as long as you can find like a happy medium in there i think that's like such a great thing because not only are you being able to like express yourself in a way that like doesn't necessarily seem like it's held back it's also you know listeners that like especially like this kind of music like if you come across vernacular that's different like you're gonna like be like what does that word mean and then like you're gonna look it up and you're gonna be like oh shit like what a great word that like Mm-hmm. really personifies like this feeling, but like, I never thought of that word. So I think that's such a cool thing. I really do.
1: I think um, that's something that I've, I've kind of had to fight a little bit for sometimes when writing, like mm-hmm. everything wants things to be super simple. Yeah. I went to school for journalism and I worked for uh I, I was an editorial intern and I had to kind of like, I hate the word dumb my right, like to dumb my writing down. Like I hate using that phrase, but I kind yeah. of did because it had to be simple enough that, young mm-hmm. readers could understand it and older yes. readers you know but mm-hmm. i tend to have like a more vibrant vocabulary if you can yeah. it. so sometimes it sure. will find its way into my songwriting and i'm kind of the same way as you like i super respect when somebody can put a four syllable word in a song and then rhyme three out of those four syllables like you just fuck yep. my mind yeah. i'm like, the sourcing myself to death over here trying to you know like oh, or yeah, right? writing myself into mm-hmm. like frenzies over it yeah. and i think sometimes like if it's authentic to the person, people will know that like, they're going to know, like from my personality, like, no, that's just how she talks. She's like into that versus yeah. like, if I have to dumb it down and make it so generic, it's going to lose all of the flavor that is me. And if you're not here for my flavor, then what are you here for? You know? <laughs> what I mean? just
0: yep. I out. agree. I agree. <laughs> flavor, flavor is the most important thing, but uh, the only thing I can think that's more important than flavor is DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is how you segue into an ad read. So um, we're going to, we're going to come now, shut up. You don't even know, you don't know. So anyways, um, you know, uh, real quick, just to take a quick break, just to talk about DraftKings, who, you know, we, we love, and um, it's been a really great partnership with them. And then we'll come back uh, and kind of chat a little bit uh, about uh, some hockey and all that other fun stuff. Uh, but so, the super bowl's over right and like that was a thing um, we talked about the super bowl for like i don't know like the nfl for like 5 or 6 weeks they still don't want to talk about hockey we're a hockey podcast network but this is this is just the world we live in so the latest offer from draftkings sportsbook uh, which is an official sports betting partner of the nba mind you uh, it's too good to pass up and you know we're talking between the legs 360 windmill good like michael jordan Shaq breaking backboards. It's awesome. So, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and they'll get $150 in free bets. So, it's that simple. It is awesome. So, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still take a, a shot at a big payday. uh You can win huge cash prizes using da- uh, DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. And DraftKings has given all their new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, Download a DraftKings Sportsbook app now if you haven't already. I mean, you've been listening to our podcast. We've told you to download it like 50 times. This is number 51. Uh, Use promo code THPN. We've told you that 50 times. So this is 51. THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. And you can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. So if you want to bet on the Sixers because they just got uh, James Harden, do that. If you want to bet on the bulls, because you remember Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, do that. It's probably not going to work out as best for you, but you could do it if you want. But again, that's promo code THPN. That's a DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And, uh, Oh, I'm getting played off. Is that what you're doing? Oh, good for you. Um, but yeah, so that's DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 years or older, minimum age and location, uh, requirements vary by jurisdiction draftkings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements state-specific responsible gambling resources void where prohibited minimum five dollar deposit gambling problem you call 1-800-GAMBLER in tennessee call or text the tennessee red line in connecticut 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new york to 467-369 I was really about that feature. You really did. You really did. And it threw me off. I didn't know what was happening.
1: You did great. You were like an auctioneer at the end. It was awesome.
0: Sometimes you you just gotta put your auctioneer hat on and just start talking about 50s and 55s and 60s and 65s and 70s and 75s. So um awesome. So again, DraftKings Sportsbook, go check it out. Um so Let's kind of transition a little bit. Let's talk a little bit of hockey. So, um I, you know, I know we we kind of covered it. You guys aren't like the biggest hockey super fans, but that's not a problem because we're not really stat nerds. So, like we're not going to hammer you and be like, "Oh, you remember the last time Sidney Crosby scored six goals cuz I don't think he ever did. I think he's too hurt to do that." But um hockey just has a special place, I think, in like everyone's heart and we've found that out over 150 episodes of doing this show that there is such a strong crossover between, um, you know, hockey and music. Uh, they're two kind of very alternative things at the end of the day, which is a really, really cool thing. Uh, but so I know you guys obviously in Milwaukee, you guys don't have a pro team. Um, I guess, like, what is the closest pro team to you? Is it, is it the Hawks in Chicago Oh, yeah. Okay, I was trying to think of like where Wisconsin is, and in, in like in in relation to like some of the Canadian provinces, and if any of them were any closer. But, but yeah. So, um, have uh, have any of you guys ever got a chance to you know go, like check out the Hawks or anything in got You have, yeah,
5: yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll speak to that really briefly. The first hockey game I ever went, to well, first pro hockey game was Blackhawks Red Wings at the United Center in Chicago.
0: That's a good one.
5: Yeah, it was great. I mean, I was a young kid. I don't remember much, but we were in a box, which was super, super nice. Rad. Yeah. And, I mean, it was it was a pretty. Uh, I mean, we had, we got tickets for free from a friend or something. Awesome. Like that. Um, <laughs> but I remember it just being like packed, and the rivalry seemed really legit there. Oh and yeah. It wasn't until later, so I actually I just moved back from Chicago. Uh, last year. So I had been living in Chicago for the past 10 years prior to that. So I was in Chicago in 2013 and 2015 when the Hawks won cups. And, you know, then it was, you know, like I I was dating a girl that was from St. Louis. So she was a big blues fan. Um, But just, I, I was able to go, I was fortunate enough to go to a couple of games, those seasons. And I mean, by proxy being from Milwaukee, originally, I, I've made, you know, the Blackhawks, my team. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's, that's almost like sacrilege to say being from Wisconsin, because you can't like any Chicago or any Illinois teams. <laughs>
3: it's okay for though. So, yeah. Cause
1: we don't have, it's one. okay
5: for hockey. I guess so. But <laughs> my, my brother, he's a San Jose Sharks fan and you know, he's never seen them play. I don't know why, yeah. but mm-hmm. a Sharks fan. So, um, yeah.
0: Um, I, I, you know, that happens. we kind of run into that a lot don't we mikey like people who don't really have like a home base will just like kind of pick a team um and the west coast kind of in the 90s like sort of blew up like you know you really only had like the the kings out there for the longest time and then all of a sudden you know riding the coattails of you know those great mighty ducks movies you ended up getting the team in anaheim you had you know the sharks pop up and all this kind of stuff um and now, you know, you've got the, you know, the team in Vegas and the team in Seattle. So, um, but I, I can respect that, you know, like I, I also, as I'm getting older, like I'm kind of respecting the fact that like, even if you were from Chicago, right. And like, you decided that you wanted to be a Wings fan or like you wanted to be a Preds fan or something like that. Like, you know, what's the problem, you know, like, like what you like, don't be a dick. That's kind of like the whole idea. Um, but, you yeah. know like the whole idea of like needing to subscribe to like your home city's like favorite team. Like it's not, you don't have to do that anymore necessarily, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, do you remember what, like what year that was? Um, Oh man. that It had honestly,
5: like I was young. So like late, late nineties. Oh,
0: so yeah. So, I mean, that was like at the peak of like yeah. that nineties hockey where like the, the Red Wings were like the team. And I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks were also the team. So, I mean, that rivalry is still strong now with the kind of Hawks and Wings being mediocre teams in the past couple of years. But back then, it must have been like wild because, I mean, that was Iserman and Federoff and Brendan Shanahan and Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios and like all of those like incredible players. Um, So, yeah, that's awesome, man. I wish I I wish I could have gone to a, a, a Wings Hawks game, man. I mean, looking at
5: it now, I wish I you know I feel like I took advantage of the moment or managed yeah, you know, sure. enough because I, I mean I was young. I was like, oh, I'm in a box. Like that's what I cared about most. Like for sure, peasants down there. Like I'm up here. Like yeah. when really it's probably way better right up you know against the glass. It would have been way more fun. I'm sure. But love it. Um, it was it was a blast from what so, I remember. You know, so yeah. I guess
4: my question is like, why didn't you guys gravitate toward hockey because? You guys are in the Midwest where, yeah, you don't have a professional team, but you do have University of Wisconsin, which is one of the biggest hockey schools That's in true. the country. Yeah. And you have the Milwaukee Admirals, which are an AHL team. Like, I I wouldn't say you guys are far removed from the That's hockey true. culture. Like, when I think hockey culture, I think the Midwest of of the United States. And – I I, I'm just curious, you know, when you were growing up in the early nineties and those mighty duck movies came out, like you, you didn't kind of toy with hockey a little bit.
1: My cousin played uh, with a junior league up here. Um, But I think my, this is my parents were like the parents that like, would like when I expressed an initial interest in rugby, they shut that down so fast. Like, (laughs) Nothing that could get me hurt, I guess. I mean, I want to be a figure skater, actually. Like, I went through a stint where we have the Pettit National Ice Center up here. So, you know, the speed skaters for the Olympic team, they do their qualifying trials, I believe, there.
3: Um, That's awesome.
1: Anton, oh, what was his name? The speed skater. The very famous speed skater. Blades of
3: Glory.
0: No. (laughs) Blades of Glory. Absolutely.
1: Is that his name? Anton Ono?
0: Maybe. Oh, yes. That sounds familiar
1: on a train up here yeah. um so i mean we went and, and ice skating was like a huge part of like our field trips every year my, my middle school would take us to a field trip we would go ice skating i loved ice skating but i'm also a really big crybaby with no balance so i think my <laughs> parents were just like like i've worn hockey skates i always like admired my cousin who played and i think my parents were just like like I broke my arm as a kid. I'm I'm just so fragile, boned that I think they were like, no, she will actually die probably. So <laughs> no unsafe sports for you. You couldn't even hack t-ball, hockey, rugby. Nothing fun is out of the like. That's all out of the question. Like you can't play anything fun. Um,
2: as, as far as it goes for me, I mean, I grew up in Texas. It was not I mean, it definitely wasn't <laughs> like that up there. But when uh, when the Las Vegas Knights came out. Uh, my dad was so into it. My brother in law were into it. We watched I watched games. a bunch of games, and I was like, "Man, this is fucking sick!" Like, why are we not into this? And from there, we just got super swamped as a band. Like, it is twenty four seven for us. So, if we like,
1: up with it, we'd be knights fans for sure. Well,
5: yeah, probably. I, I wouldn't.
1: No, I,
2: we. Not <laughs> we.
5: <laughs> I w- I will say, like. I think uh, like Milwaukeeans as a whole and even like Wisconsinites in the 90s like not to call out another sport but the Packers were kind of a powerhouse in the 90s so of football is, oh, yeah. like such a thing for Wisconsinites and mm-hmm. the ad were like a sweet kind of like getaway if you were living in Milwaukee cuz it was sucked then they still kind of sucked. I really um, do. I have like <laughs> that's a whole different topic that we can talk about later, but I love that but um, so hockey, I don't know. I just we're not closers. <laughs> it was it never really caught on. I mean, I will say like, I for a while like after college, I, would, I worked as a, a school in sports photography uh, a photographer. So I would go around and take sport photos for you know high school teams and stuff. And in the northwest suburb or just the northern suburbs of Chicago, most of those schools had you know they were big into hockey. And for some reason, it just wasn't the same in Wisconsin, and I I don't know if it if it's because <laughs> of just like that culture of like everyone's like focused on football and like yeah. the blue collar sport of Wisconsin is you know that I, I don't mm-hmm. know.
1: I mean, even soccer had its rise in the '90s in Milwaukee, and then do people even go to Wave games? Do the Wave even play here anymore?
3: Wave is still a thing, but I do think hockey's coming around here. There's a lot of ice rinks. There's um a lot of youth so like yeah admirals um actually the owner of the company i work for is the president for it and oh, so awesome he is dealing with a lot of youth so i think it's coming more in now um, but there's a lot of ice rinks around and i think yeah. i'll take on it but to touch back on the mighty ducks man after i saw that dude i wanted to go play hockey
0: absolutely hell I yeah <laughs>
3: I played football. I'm a football guy. So in high school. There we I play go. Yeah. After watching Wayne's World too. I mean, you
2: kind of get like come on, they're like in the street trying to do it. I'm yeah, but like, dude, yeah. With the
0: Mighty Ducks. That was epic. No, I, I, I think that in the nineties you can attribute a lot of nineties kids getting into hockey because yeah. of the Mighty Ducks, like specifically. Oh. Like you really can.
3: Oh, another movie, man.
0: Yeah. I I mean, so they have that little show, right? Like
1: what oh, was that the, one was a show?
0: Didn't they? Didn't they have like the a remake s- or the cartoon? Um, the cartoon? I'm talking about the remake. Oh,
1: well, yeah, that just came out. The remake yeah. In the works, and we were all like, Emilio Estevez. Is he coming? Didn't he come? He was on like board for it or something, or maybe they couldn't get him, and that's why.
4: No, he's on it.
5: He is on it. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And they had some sweet cameos of like the original Mighty Ducks guys mm-hmm. on an episode or two, but it was not great.
1: <laughs> uh, see and that's what i mean
4: but uh, i'm also like 35 years old watching a kid show now like if i if i like watched the mighty ducks movies and didn't watch them as a kid i'd be like wow these movies are awful like yeah. this is yeah. not even yeah. good hockey but yeah it, it's nostalgia speaking of
2: you know the mighty ducks with knuckle puck have you guys ever gotten them on
4: we haven't but it's kind of funny we, we joke because like do you know the band free throw
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: They're like huge hockey fans, but named after like a basketball term. Yeah. Like, like, you know what? Knuckle puck is probably like huge basketball fans and they don't even probably like. Yeah. Because I I, honestly, I have not like come across any of the dudes in that band, like the band that's adjacent to them. Home safe. Mm -hmm. I know that one of the dudes in that in that band is a huge hockey fan, but like none of the knuckle puck guys that I know of.
0: Mm-hmm. all right but Good. you know i mean never never say never i mean you know we uh we've had the opportunity to have a lot of cool people on this show that um we never thought we'd get a chance to talk to you know so um you you, you really just never know like some sometimes you get lucky and you see someone on instagram in a band that you really like and all of a sudden they're wearing like a flyers jersey and you're like oh shit here <laughs> we go
3: here we go yeah <laughs>
0: And and that's, and that's just kind of how we operate for the most part. I mean, with the exception of like, you know, uh, some of the, you know, some of like the quote unquote smaller bands that we have on, um, that we, we always love because we just love like kind of that discovery of like talking to people who we haven't had the opportunity to meet and sharing, you know, music for people who might not be super familiar. Uh, you know, like that's one of the things we love, but like, we also, love the opportunity to get to talk to people in more established bands but the problem with that is like the more established bands like you've just literally got a hope that like you reach out to their publicist and they're like oh yeah um the drummer is like a blues fan you're like well gosh darn it let's do it you know so but you're not you don't always get that lucky you know we've reached out to a lot of different bands and a lot of them are like we're really not hockey guys we're basketball guys or we're football guys and it's like "Eh, if we weren't on a hockey podcast network Maybe we could make well, it work. <laughs> if I can
1: make a plug for a small band, um, so I know that yeah. Keep Flying did your guys' instrumental for. Oh yeah, Big mm-hmm. band. We played with them a bunch. They've also played a bunch with our friends in Nominee, and their drummer Andy is a huge Dallas Stars fan.
0: I've heard of Nominee actually, um, yeah. and uh, I think we could, we should, we should work that out. But uh, yeah. yeah, Keep Flying, um, man. I've I've known JJR for like half of my life. Um, that guy's such a maniac, but I love him to death. He's
2: also a sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, he's
0: a total sweetheart. Um, total absolute sweetheart would give you the shirt off his back, but also, also a maniac, just like an absolute maniac. (laughs) But you know, it's, it's good. It's good to, good to have a maniac on your side, you know? Oh,
2: yeah. Cause if shit
0: ever goes down, we got a maniac. So that's good. So, so, um, kind of like to, to just kind of expound on, um, you know, some of what we were talking about, you know, specifically around um, the AHL team that's in uh, Milwaukee.
3: Um,
0: so have you, you guys have had the opportunity to go see the Admirals before?
3: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: So what's, what's the, like, what's the vibe? Cause like, again, you know, we, we kind of touched upon the fact that, you know, the Midwest has a lot of hockey culture. Is it like a lot of people coming out, do you find, or is it kind of like a, Sort of like a building half full sort of situation. Like, what what's it like?
5: I don't. I mean, I lo- I love this city, man, but it's depressing. I, I mean, for lack of a better word, like the games I've gone to, it's like the first ten rows around the ice have people in them. Like, it's just they don't they're not promoted at all here. Like, like our our baseball team like has like pays. To like help fund their their team, like I mean, they do like. I, I want to say that, like, the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers logo is somewhere on the Admirals, like, you know, somewhere, like, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right. So it's, it's, I mean, I love it though. The fans that are there are diehard.
3: Like, yeah, I was going to say the fans that are Admiral fans are super hardcore, diehard Ads fans, you know? It's, uh, yeah,
5: it's, it's something that I would like to see more because actually, um, Quick aside, I work for a company that's uh, international, and a lot of the people that I work with are from Canada. And I mean, yeah. hockey's huge up there. So oh, yeah. they're like, "Oh, are you a Habs fan?" I'm like, dude, I like don't talk to me right now because like <laughs> I would just embarrass myself. Like, but I would pick the Leafs over the Habs. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'm not pissed <laughs> off by saying that. But um, yeah, so it's it's something that I wish like we we should all do that. Like here, yeah, like they do. I remember I went to one Admiral's game. And the Goo, Goo dolls played. They played before the Admirals. There's play. awesome people shows.
1: Go, people go for the the after party. No, like no, the Dropkick Murphys and shit the Dropkick
5: like Murphys like, played at They
1: go wow. for like the music that's playing. But played. that's the thing. It's
5: awesome. That's the thing. the The Google Goo dolls played before the start of the hockey game, and as soon as they were done. Everybody left. Oh, it was so Bummer. messed up. I was like, are
1: There's a lot of bandwagon fans. Like, if for some reason we ended up with an NHL team and they did good, they would have a fan base. But they mm-hmm. probably know that, like, I mean, look at when the Bucks went to the championship last year. Like, the amount sure. of bandwagon fans, whatever
2: we hopped on, too.
1: We watched <laughs> the last game, but we weren't like, we didn't go around <laughs> talking about like that yeah, exactly. Like, we have
2: no fucking clue. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah.
1: We, we watch football. We're like football's our dig, but like for sure, that's that's like exactly like the kind of fandom though. I feel like Milwaukee kind of is. Is like as soon as something's doing well, they're like hell yes, we are all in on this. But mm-hmm. until that happens, everyone's like. Yeah. Eh.
5: I think you can say that with a lot of cities, though. We're not talking True. shit about where we. we ta- <laughs> I'm, not,
1: I'm not, But I'm just saying that the people I know who go to Admirals games, they go casually because it was something to do, and there was a band playing.
5: It's it's a blast. I mean, like people, people get drunk at those uh, mm-hmm. games. I yeah. Well, I, w- I won't. No, I'm going to incriminate people if I say the next thing, so I won't.
2: <laughs>
1: people, who people, uh, anybody uh, that matters?
4: Nobody. Well, I, I think you guys just put it out onto the airwaves that you want to play one of these post-game concerts there. Yeah.
1: I would love to sing the national anthem, not well, mind you, but I would sing it. Mm. <laughs>
0: I would, yeah. I would fucking
2: die to play one of those. That's badass. Yeah, like,
0: play a yeah.
3: cross game? We should do yeah. that. That'd be sick.
0: I mean, listen, like, you know, don't, don't like count yourselves out until like you, like you, you give it a shot, man. Like you'd be, you'd be really surprised at like what the AHL will like sign off on, you know, they'll be <laughs> like, they'll be like somebody <laughs> wants to play like, d- 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 yes. Like.
1: Wait, do you <laughs> mean like go out on the ice and play? Like we do yeah, against Yeah. It's, like the band. So. Okay. it's
0: gonna be like that. It's gonna be like that scene in Parks and Recreation where Leslie Knope just keeps trying to walk to the podium, and she's yeah. on the ice, and she just keeps slipping. Yeah. That—that's that, definitely what it'll be like. But like, listen, you know, if if the Milwaukee Admirable Admirals, if the Admirals offer you like some soft pretzels, you just gotta be like, yeah, we'll yeah, take some soft pretzels play. and play some Go songs. More. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
5: Yeah, honestly, I think with Tom and Mikey's clout, we could probably play. <laughs>
0: Oh. Clout. <laughs> we will
1: show this episode, and we will oh. be like, "No, no, no." <laughs>
0: I'll I'll tell you what. The only one out of the two of us that has any clout is Mikey, and that's because Mikey, believe it or not, even though I'm the one that does a lot of the talking on these shows, this guy never stops. He's he's literally never ever stops. Like I wake up in the morning, and somehow he's found a way at like twelve thirty a.m. to like reach out to someone and be like, "Yo, you want to do an episode?" And I'm just like. Who, who has this time who can do this but sure enough it's it's michael just the the little engine that could right <laughs> gotta keep busy yeah right
1: i mean there. to be fair if i'm reading my emails at 12 30 a.m i'm probably more likely to say yes
5: that's so just that's just, true
1: you know, so like right. you're just be like you know what this guy's hustling i'm into it let's do it
0: so i i guess what 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 I get from that is that you need to reach out to like Mark Hoppus at like one thirty in the morning, yes. and just be like, hey, I'm sure you're probably a Kings fan, or at least a little bit. Do you want to come on our podcast? And at one thirty in the morning, he'll be like a little sort of drunk and be like, yeah, sure. And you're like, binding, That's binding. You have to do it now. Yeah. I mean,
1: we tag we tag Blink One Eighty Two and um Chad from New Found Glory. We were sure. just watching like old music videos for like uh like old Blink videos and yeah, that is in first date. And we just, all we did was we were all just hanging out. We played a little clip of it and put it yeah. on our story. We tagged him and he parted the message. And he oh, wrote there you up. go. And they are like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. Like, that's awesome. ass and he was like, Thanks. So, like, I mean, sometimes people are just sitting at home. You never know. Mark Hoppus might just be like sitting there and be like, oh, Yeah, that sounds cool. cool. Let's do that.
4: If only. You gotta just shoot your shit, man. It's
1: like, <laughs> 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: There well, you go. Gretzky, there Michael Scott. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so the worst thing about prison was the Dementors. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you needed to know. So um I, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about music just because um I'm kind of really interested. So, So you had uh, alluded to, or I shouldn't even say alluded to. You actually said that you've got an EP that's kind of on its way. Um, is it? Are you still working on it? Are is it finished? Are you just tr- finding like the right time to release it? Um, are you gonna? How how are you kind of approaching that?
1: So uh, we are we are kind of so right now we're like we're we're completely independent. Like it's okay. just us. We're doing everything by ourselves, um, mm-hmm. and then. So we have this record and of course we've, you know, we've gotten a little bit of interest in it. So we're kind of like waiting to hear back on a few things. Sure. also trying to make sure that like, as stoked as we are to release this, we want to release it the right way. And when you're doing everything on your own, you kind of have to like cross your T's and dot your I's because inevitably something gets missed. Like we released a single a few weeks back and we totally for like, just like, totally botched like the spotify playlist like pitching things since we're doing it by ourselves Mm -hmm. so we put the song on like DistroKid and then like it went live like a week later and we put in our pitch for the spotify playlist like three days ahead of it so obviously nobody saw it and Mm -hmm. so like it hasn't like you know gotten the like the kind of like movement we wanted on it so now we're like okay let's go back to square rock square mm-hmm. one. So that was yep. a great song and we're super proud of it. We had a great, you yeah. know, Nick was in it. He did guest vocals. It's mm-hmm. so now we're like trying to plot out like every single movement, but we also have like day jobs. So like we yeah, all work of Monday through Friday, 40 hour, 40 mm-hmm. hour weeks and like yep. also have like chores and, and a dog and like stuff that we need to be adults about. Um, so yeah. we're trying to like kind of get all that put together. We originally had told our publicist who, like you know, of course, told everybody like on our behalf that we told her we were going to release it in March, <laughs> and then we were like, "So actually, yep. um, we're thinking maybe more like May, June, because we're going to take some time, put out a few more singles." Yeah, for sure. How that goes? So we do have an EP. We have it's an LP. An LP. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's
0: a whole LP. There you go. Well, okay,
1: okay. I'm excited! It's eight songs, not like ten. Not like that 12.
0: counts. It's that counts. Three.
1: That's true. It is better than three. (laughs) Way better than three. You know, a couple of the songs were already out. We had released them as singles on our own back in 2019. But we just wanted to kind of round out this weird phase of our existence as a band that was like half in Austin and writing stuff in this writing session and half in Milwaukee writing in this session. And then we're already writing songs for our next release, too. Um, So we're kind of a hot mess. But we are a solid hot
0: mess, I would like to think. Yeah, I mean, but who isn't? I mean, like, you know, the, the whole idea of being in a band is tumultuous anyway. I mean, like, you know, there's there's no such thing as, like, a completely smooth, like, rock band. It's just not, it, like, it would go against what a rock band is supposed to be, you know? So, but I lo- I just love hearing that, you know, you guys are are kind of have something on the horizon. Um, are you able to, to share what the name of your LP is going to be?
1: Yeah, it's thick thin so like thick slash thin okay so kind of a, a bunch of different things it's about sticking together to thick and thin it's about um, kind of like we have we have some songs on the album that are going to explore a little more of a, a pop friendly side of things I guess you'd like to say. <laughs> okay. um, so stuff that's a little bit a little bit more little like thinner. And I, Whole thing but, in that sense I would mm-hmm. say like there's like the thick sonic side of like I mean we started out as like an easy core band like sure and honestly our first ep is very chuggy mm-hmm. um, and very straightforward in that sense um and then the new stuff you know we kind of went into more of like a like a really light bouncy kind of thing like okay. there's a there um but you're definitely gonna hear a different set of things and I guess like for our fans who have been with us from the beginning, and are expecting, like, breakdowns in every other song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We do have a breakdown in one of the songs the we same. just released, Stay yeah. the Same. Um, okay. But moving into the rest of the album, we're exploring, like, there's some synths. Um, there's some nice, really pretty, poppy, um, almost Taylor Swift-esque type vocals, lots of layering and oozing oh, I love up. that. Love and so, that.
0: Wow. I mean, and, there's, and like I said, there's nothing, uh, in my mind, there's absolutely nothing wrong with exploring different sounds and there's nothing wrong with kind of you know blurring the lines of of what you know you people think your music is supposed to be like there's no written law that says like you have to write eight albums that all sound the same i mean like Mm -hmm. there just isn't i mean like you know the turnovers of the world and the citizens of the world and like all those bands that like just kind of have decided like hey we're gonna mix it up you know we're gonna do something different and some of it is like some of the best thing like to be honest uh, you know and I'm, I'm probably gonna get crucified for saying it but like when turnover was a uh, like a pop punk band like i didn't care for them i mean i really didn't like i was like oh another you know another pop punk band and then you know when they put out peripheral vision i was like okay yeah. you know oh. like this is some real shit and uh i think that and, some, and sometimes it works in, in all different directions, right? I mean, like, you know, um, you've got a, you know, like a, a band like, um, like, like Boston Manor, for instance, right, where they're like, are constantly evolving and changing their sound. You bring me the horizons of the world are constantly changing and evolving their sound. And sometimes it strikes a chord, sometimes it doesn't. But as musicians that are getting older, experiencing more things and growing, it's just not realistic to think that you're not going to grow musically. And, who, and like, and who knows, like, this could be the avenue that you choose now. And then five years from now, you might be like, you know what? We've been listening to a shit ton of Bob Dylan and like Springsteen. And we want to like, you know, take, do our own take on like, you know, 80s Americana. And like, cool, the fucking Gaslight Anthem, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, if it works, it works. If it hits, it hits. So, I mean... I I applaud you guys for, you know, quote unquote, going out of your comfort zone or the norm to to write music that is palatable, not just for you, but for a broader spectrum of listeners. So it's awesome. So really, really excited to, to hear that when it comes out. Um, and then uh, of course, like, you know, I'm not going to ask you guys on air, but like as far (laughs) as the interest that you've been getting from people that might be interested in putting it out, um, has, has it been positive on that front for you guys?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> love, for sure. Love to hear
1: I, mean, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're at this point, I mean, we were definitely on a trajectory before we moved up to Milwaukee of like trying to be like, all right, like we are shooting for the stars. Mm-hmm. And I, we think maybe we were a little tunnel visioned in that sense. You know, we were working with a manager. We were trying to like really like Throw, throw our stone as far as we could right and i think mm-hmm. when we did that we kind of lost sight of what exactly it was we were shooting for okay and then we felt, you know de- dejected at the end when it didn't really work out but in hindsight that might have been our saving grace in the sense that it forced us to take a step back and kind of be like okay so dream label x
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know turned us down at the end of it all yep now what Mm-hmm. So we, we took a step back. We took stock of what was important to us in our life and what, and that included like, all right, let's like, let's revamp what we're doing personally. Let's yeah. take a break. It allowed mm-hmm. us to get some perspective. And then we came back to it. Like now every time I work on music, I'm doing it because I want to do that. Like yeah, of course. We, we are all like all in on that side of things, which is really a great place to be. And I feel like the conversations we've had with, you know, the, the, the couple of people we've been talking to, have been endlessly positive in the sense that like, I don't feel like anybody is ever going to tell me how I need to dress or look or write a song. And that's exactly what I'm about. Like, mm-hmm. let me be my freak self. Let me yeah. do my thing. Let me oh, write the yeah. things I want to write them. Yeah. And what do I want to work with? And that's, I don't know. I'm really excited for the future for us because I think that we just have this really relaxed approach to things now that might not be as rigid or structured as we used to be with it, but mm-hmm. I think it's allowing us to really come out with our best music. And for the record, after we wrote these pop songs, <laughs> once we were all done with that session, we literally went back and wrote like the heaviest song we've
0: ever written. <laughs> that's awesome. That I mean, was the record. <laughs> And 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 but again, like I said, there's you know that's the beauty of of being musicians, right? Like, I mean, like, is it like you know if you want to, you know. If, you, if the only concern you have is, you know, selling records and like placating a fan base, like you could write the same record over and over again, like you could. But what's mm-hmm. the point in that? Like, what, what does that give you in terms of like, you know, fulfilling like your soul, right? It doesn't do anything. So at the end of the day, um, you know, you write what you're going to write. People are going to love it or they won't. But if you're good at what you do, people are going to love it. So that's what my expectation is, is that this music that's going to come out, uh, we're all going to love. And that's that. So Thank I'm you. super stoked to hear it. I am. Right. Thank you. very <laughs> so, welcome.
4: I so just yeah. have one final question before we wrap this up. Hell yeah. So why are you guys not drinking Miller High Life? That's a very <laughs> oh, important question. Yeah,
3: thanks,
1: yeah. Because I work for Lakefront Brewery. And I'm drinking uh, my coworker's beer. Um, all full-time employees get the chance to to brew their own beer, oh, and I will awesome. be on the docket in
0: 2028.
1: <laughs> Love it, oh, Sam. Um, but I work for Lakefront Brewery, so shameless plug to them. They are Milwaukee's biggest craft brewery, um, and we really like their beer. So we're yeah, drinking, we're totally
2: drinking a lot of it right yeah, now. Yeah, this was <laughs>
1: the different bottles. Um, but yeah, I do. Work, I do work with some people who are hockey fans.
0: <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't think we've ever had um, like, like a brewery team on, but like, I'd, I'd be, I'd be all about that talking, I, talking I to some they, people about beer and hockey. Hell yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I heard. I heard that you guys uh, do you still partner with Oyster uh, Oyster Bay Brewery?
4: Right? Oyster Bay. Um, that's so more of a that's more of my like my Islander stuff that I do. Oh, okay.
0: I wish it was yeah. us because Barn Rocker is delicious. I yeah,
1: know I, I love checking out the website and seeing the designs you did for for like the pint glasses and the shirts. Yeah. And stuff. that's yeah. super cool. Like, it's um, it,
0: it's it's such a great thing. I I think that that's another thing that really goes hand in hand with alternative music and hockey. Is you know the kind of this nuanced brewing scene which I think is really a great thing and I I think the thing that makes it fantastic even further than the fact that you know it's delicious beer for people to drink is like you know fucking friends are being able to be profitable and prolific and like do great things Mm -hmm. and I mean like back on Long Island like I've got you know friends that are brewing out of their Mm -hmm. garages you know we've got you know friends that are starting to to pick up speed and steam and all this stuff i love it you know I, I i i grew up with this mentality when i was like a teenager that like everything was selling out it was like oh sell out this sell out that but now that i'm like in my mid-30s i want everyone to sell out because i want everybody to like make money and be able to live yeah why not? Know? Right? like like, like I, I feel so dumb for like ever having that train of thought I don't know. I'm still mad about Fall Out Boy selling out, man. That's I
1: I was gonna say. I feel. I feel like when you were talking about your Get Up Kids albums and like how you kind Mm -hmm. of go back and forth. That's how I am with Fall Out Boy. But I mean, I man, up. Like Save Rock and Roll. Surprisingly, like that album hit me at the right time when I needed it, and I actually have lyrics tattooed on me from that album. You are what you love, not who loves you.
5: It wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> what do you think about
0: that, Mikey? What do you think about that?
5: <laughs>
0: no comment. No comment? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well,
0: on that note, um, guys, thank you so much. And um, we really appreciate you guys being on. Um, before we do let you go, if you could just um, real quick blast uh, some of your socials where we can find your music uh, just so we can uh, get that in at the end of the episode. Let's do it.
1: Sweet. Uh, you can find us at Gold Steps MKE on the TikTok, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Uh, and you can also find us at goldstepsmke.com. And we also awesome. have a link free in our Instagram bio for all of our good good. We're also on YouTube.
0: Love
2: that. Yeah, we're not on OnlyFans, nothing like that. Just not yet.
0: <laughs> no. I <laughs> wish you would have <laughs> wish you would have told us that at the beginning of the episode because we never <laughs> would have had you on. We're out never.
5: <laughs> um, but... Famous for not knowing anything about hockey.
0: Yes, hey listen
1: school. school us that's what we're here for and talk about our <laughs> dirty dangles boys and those
0: listen all you got to do if you really want to learn the ins and outs of hockey is you have to just read one Matt Christopher book that's all you got to do <laughs> we're <laughs>
5: They have a great uh,
0: hockey book. Reap. I think it's called. Don't, I think it's called Hockey reap. Goal or like Slapshot Hockey Goal or something. I don't know.
4: <laughs> but, right. um, Maybe our school was just super poor and like <laughs> we're the they, only ones that yeah. had them. Because yeah. you keep bringing up Matt Christopher and, and no nobody one knows, knows what him. I'm talking about, but I clearly do. And we went to <laughs> high school together, so I feel like. Our school was just like gifted all these Matt Christopher books because maybe Matt
0: do. maybe Matt Christopher was like a like a Deer Park High School alumnus that we just didn't know about. She's been writing <laughs> shitty books like they're like so ba- bad. Base, baseball single and like <laughs> basketball dribble. Terrible shit, guys. Please don't ever look up Matt Christopher books. But uh Gold Steps, Milwaukee's best. Uh that's also like a beer pun because that was beer, yeah. I think, at some point. It's uh, still a beer. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Uh Liz, Zach, Ryan, Mikey, thank you guys so much for, for chilling with us. Um, really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to be on here. Super stoked for what's coming up for you guys uh, in the next couple of months. Can't wait to hear the new tunes. And then um listen, I mean, you know, maybe in like six months or something, like you guys could just like one like not even all of you, one of you can just like get really weird sports encyclopedia and come back on and school me and Mikey about hockey that like that great. would be the, the way to do it you can just come back on and be like did you know that in 1991 Brett Hull scored 65 <laughs> goals and we'll be like no uh this sucks for us now
3: Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. Challenge Hell yeah
0: challenge accepted and I I'm 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 all for that it gives us an excuse to have you guys on again so oh. um, um love yeah. that Uh, Definitely super stoked for the record to come out. And on that note, guys, have a wonderful night. Thank you so much. Stay safe. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip. All right. thank Thank you. We appreciate it. You got it.